Welcome to the podcast of Dr. Norman Thomas. These teachings are designed to empower you to live a higher quality of life. Take a few minutes to receive a deposit of godly wisdom for your day. For more information and more extended teachings from Dr. Thomas, visit normanthomas.org. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the time that you've given us to receive the Word of God. Now, we rest in your anointing. You have anointed me to teach. You have anointed us to hear. And so by faith, we believe that we receive all revelation that you have delegated to us today, unhindered and unchecked by any outside force. Every man, every woman, every boy and every girl, under the sound of my voice, will receive answers today. In Jesus' name, amen. Give God praise for the word. Bring you greetings from the Gulf state of Louisiana. And uh, we just are thankful to Pastor Winston and Dr. Veronica for this opportunity to share with you today in the word. I have an assistant pastor with us at one of our churches, Pastor Ken Marcel. Ken, just stand and wave. And we speak the blessings of God on Pastor Winston in India. Amen? Turning your Bibles with me to the book of Job, the book of Job, chapter 22, and verse 28. Job 22 and 28. It says, Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon all thy ways. Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon all thy ways. I want to read it to you in the NIV version. It says this, what you decide on will be done. And light will shine on your ways what you decide on will be done and light will shine on your ways when we think in terms of a decree we want to understand that a decree is something that is the result of a decision when a man or woman decrees a thing it's because they're no longer deliberating it they're no longer contemplating their thoughts about it they or decreeing it because they've decided this is it. So by its nature, a decree is something that you never, never, never alter. You don't modify it. You don't change it. You don't reverse it. And you don't nullify it because if you do, then it is no longer a decree. A decree is not up for debate. A decree is not open for someone's opinion. A decree is a settled word. Say a settled word. It is a settled word that is cemented in your spirit. And the only thing that satisfies it is manifestation. Do we have any decreers in here today?
The only thing that a decree can do is come to pass. That's all a decree knows how to do is come to pass. Now what happens is that, you know, we start out in an environment like this and we began decreeing things, but as soon as we walk outside these doors and get in the car and get in there with somebody we came to church with, our decree goes down a notch. Then when you get to the house and deal with whatever you got to deal with there, your decree comes down another notch. Then when you spend a full Monday at work, it goes down five notches. You have diluted it into just, just plain words. But what we want to do is maintain the integrity of our decree, amen because it is only satisfied with manifestation. So can you say with me, it's manifestation time. It's manifestation time. So you shall decree a thing, and it, the thing you decree, shall be established, it shall be materialized, it shall be substantiated. Go with me to Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. Let's look at this. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it both day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. When you allow this word to become the meditation of your heart and the decree of your mouth, and will refuse to allow it, well it says, shall not depart. In other words, refuse to allow the word to not be released out of your mouth. He says, then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall have what? Good success. Prosperity and success are the fruit of decree. That is the manifestation types. That when you decree a thing, you produce a manifestation type of prosperity. And whatever the word was sent to, it prospers in that thing. Or accomplishment, success, because you are producing again manifestation. But there's another thing that your decree will do. The Bible says in Job 22:28 28, that we just read, you shall decree a thing and it shall be established unto you and the light shall shine on your ways. So the second thing that happens is that revelation is produced. It is also a fruit of your decree. Because many times what we do, we wait to see something before we decree something. That's, that's playing it safe. We want to decree in agreement with what we think is already happening so that when it happens, we can take the credit for it. But decrees don't work that way. A decree is something that is said in advance. It is said ahead of time. It is said with authority and it is said with boldness. Because again, it is something that is settled on the inside of you and you're not going to stop saying it. You're not going to back off of it. You're not going to change it, not by a little bit, because as far as you're concerned, it's on its way to manifestation. 
Do I have any witnesses in here? But now, this revelation that comes, that when I decree something, the Bible says light comes. That revelation comes. So I can attract light or revelation to me if I will begin to just say it. Light, what is the purpose of that light? The purpose of that light is to enable you to see the path upon which your manifestation shall come. In other words, the know-how, how it's going to happen, uh, the, the when to, the time and the season for things to be done, or the who with, who is it that I need to connect myself to and who is it that I need to cut myself off from? When you decree what you're doing, you're releasing light in the direction of the thing that you are believing for, causing you to see so that you can walk with accuracy and precision, knowing how to, when to, who with, and where to. The Bible tells us that in Psalms 119 and 30 that the entrance of thy word giveth what? Light. That whenever you release the word into a place, that light is released into that place. When you decree the word of God from your mouth, light is released into your spirit, causing you to see clearly and distinctly. And that's what we need. Amen? Now, the Bible tells us, write these scriptures down in Matthew 12, 37, for by your words you shall be justified. For by your words you shall be condemned. Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 6 and 2, that you're either snared by your words or you are taken by your words. And the reason we recite these is because they support the idea that decreeing is a law of life. It is a law of life. Now, let's go to St. Luke chapter 6. St. Luke chapter 6. One of the dilemmas that we have is that we have been trained to say some things. And we have a tendency to speak in accordance to the way we've been trained. By life, by the natural world, by circumstances, by events. But, but what God wants, he wants us to speak in light of the way that we've been created. So instead of me saying something that I've been trained to say, what I gotta do is say things I've been created to say. Because you say a lot of stuff that you were never created to say. It was never intended by God for those things to come out of your mouth. It was never intended by God for you to ever say I'm sick. Let me ask you, what does that say? What does that do for you when you say, I'm sick? <laughs> what, what advantage, what gain, what benefit, what support does that provide you when you say, I'm sick? You say, well, Pastor, I'm just trying to be real. So being sick is your reality. If that's real, then being sick is your reality. Well, being healed is my reality, so it doesn't matter 
how my body feels because I'm not my body in the first place. I'm a spirit being, is that right? So I'm not gonna speak in agreement with how I feel. I'm not gonna speak in agreement with what the doctor has given me concerning my body, whatever facts he knows. I'm gonna speak in agreement with my creative being and my created spirit man says I am the healed. That's what I am. And that's the decree that I make. Now, in Luke 6, 45, well, in 44, he says, For every tree is known by its fruit. For of the thorns men do gather figs, nor for of, the, of thorns do men not gather figs, nor of a bramble bush do they gather grapes. Verse 45, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart, he will bring forth good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, he will bring forth evil things. Now we have, we have looked at things and we've classified and we say that's an, that's an evil act or that's a good thing and all that. And what we're looking at is the effect of, of acts or, or events and we call them either good or evil. But what Jesus is doing here, he's helping us to understand the, the, the essence of good and the essence of evil. He says, a good man, what makes a good man? He says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart. So a good man is a good man because there is a good treasure. He, his heart is characterized as a heart of good treasure. And as a result of that, he is a producer of good things. What makes a man evil? Well, same thing, an evil man is evil because of the evil treasure that is in his heart that causes him to produce and to manifest evil things. So the word treasure is a word in the Greek, thesaurus, which we use that word, and it means a wealth deposit. A wealth, a wealth deposit. A wealth deposit of words. A good man out of a good or wealth deposit of words, of good words, would bring forth good things out of that, that deposit of words that he had in his heart. He's a producer of good things. An evil man out of an evil deposit of words in his heart will produce good things. I said, well, God, what makes a treasure of a man's heart good or evil? He says, well, over in Hebrews and 11, uh, verse 2, it says, uh, well, verse 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And verse 2 says, for by it the elders obtain, come on, a good report or good results or good manifestations. These things happen. The elders, the patriarchs of faith, produce these good works in the earth as a result of something God told them. It was good because God said it. And because God said it, they put it in their hearts, they produce what God said. They manifested what God said. Well, over in Numbers 13, and chapter, uh, chapter 30, 13, verse 32, the Bible says that the, the leaders of the tribes of Israel went out to spy out the land, and they came back with an evil report. 
because they came back talking about things that God never sent them to talk about. So when, when I take God's word that I am healed, that I am prosperous, that I am blessed, that I am delivered, that I am whole, and I put that in my, it doesn't matter what's going on around me. It doesn't matter what I'm facing. It doesn't matter what I'm up against. But if I put those words in my heart and begin to speak those words, I'm going to produce healing, wholeness in my life. But when I say things like, I just don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. I just don't know if I'm going to ever make it past this trouble. This is hard. This, this is too much for me to bear. This, these words that you're uttering are evil words based on the premise that God never said them and he never said those things about you. So when you say something about yourself that God never said about you, as far as God's concerned, that's evil. But when you speak in agreement with God, now you're doing good. Come on, good words, good words, good words. So we want to say things that we've been created to say. Three things that your words can do. Number one, your words can create life. Your words can create life. Your words can also sustain the life they've created. And then your words can destroy life. The same life that perhaps even your words have created. You can turn right around and destroy that life with your own words. So based on this, your words can exist in one of three states. Number one, your words can exist in a state of doing. Your words are doing. By that I mean that your words are producing results, causing something causing something to happen your words causing a thing to occur we just got tired of hurricanes in louisiana after katrina and rita we said okay we don't want no more and so our church we began to speak we went online and found all the names for 10 years and as soon as they would announce the name of one of them we was already on it we were decreeing some things. Now, if you go online on the Weather Channel, on the uh, Weather Channel website, you'll see the patterns of the hurricanes this past season. It, they, they, it's like they just couldn't come in the Gulf. It's like they were moving in our direction. They just went all kind of ways. It's out into the sea where they belong, amen? Because we decreed no more. So our words cause a thing to happen. Now, those, those things can, your words can cause something positive or it can cause something negative to happen. The second state is an undoing state, I call it, where your words are preventing things from happening. God has ordained some things. He has, he has set some things in motion, but your words are preventing the best of God from occurring in your own life. You're undoing some things. Sometimes you can undo some, some evil things by speaking the right things. So a state of doing, a state of undoing, and then I say the third state is a state of just not doing. 
This is when your life is being controlled by events and circumstances and situations. In other words, you are not saying anything. You're just letting stuff happen. And you don't have anything to say about it. As if you have no right to say something about it or as if you have no authority to divert that pattern of event in your life. You just let it go, you just let it go. Now this is where people are dealing with situations, they're dealing with circumstances, uh, all kinds of events going on in their lives and they're just not saying anything. So you're chasing fires, you're doing, you're running over here, you're putting this fire out, and as soon as this fire's out, somebody calls you, you got another fire here, then you're running over here, putting this fire out, and instead of, it's like at some point you ought to decide, you know what, I'm tired of chasing these fires. Where are they coming from? Let me put them out at the source. And that's where you have to begin to stand up and begin to say some things and begin to decree some things and cause some things to happen. Come on, give the Lord praise right there. Come on, say, I am a decreer. Go with me to Mark 11. Mark 11, verse 12, it says, And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, Jesus was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came, if happily he might find something on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the times of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said to it, Jesus answered and said unto it, I'm going to say that one more time. Jesus answered and said unto it. He said, no man will eat fruit of you hereafter forever. And his disciples heard him. So it wasn't like he was trying to do it quietly. He spoke to a tree. Now, you just can't just read over that and glide over that like that didn't happen. Jesus spoke to a tree. And he spoke loud. Because his, disciple, his disciples witnessed him speaking to a tree. Now, if you read on, you see where they came back the next day and the tree was dead. Okay. But my point is this, what are the it's in your life that you have yet to talk to? What are the it's that are standing in between you and what you desire? See, Jesus was, Jesus, he, he was hungry. He wanted to eat some figs. That's a fig tree. As far as he's concerned, that tree is supposed to be ready for him to eat figs off of it. He said, but Jesus, it wasn't fig season. Jesus had no, he, he cared not about no fig season. He wasn't 
He wasn't controlled by time. He said, I want figs. You're a fig tree, produce some figs. You know I'm hungry. Jesus talked to that tree. And you have some it's in your life that you are letting talk to you and you are not talking to them. It's time to declare some things. It's time to decree some things. Say with me, I've got something to say. Now let's look at the basis for it. Because it was, it was Jesus legally did this. It, it, was, it was a law that he was operating in. Go to Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. Verse 3. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by what? Come on, you're not there yet? Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by what? The Word of God. So that things, things, things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So wait a minute. There are two categories of things. Seen things and unseen things. So he says here that it's, it was the unseen things that were responsible for the seen things. All right, let's go to, to St. John chapter 1. St. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with who? And the Word was who? And the same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by him. Who is him? God, which is also who? The Word. Because the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So then all things were made by him, God, who is also the Word. So his word was responsible for the tangible uh, manifestation of all things. And it goes on to say that without him or without the word or without the unseen thing was not anything made that was made. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. While we look not at the things which are what? Seen. But at the what? Things which are what? Not seen. Why is this? Because the things which are seen are temporal. And the things which are not seen are eternal. So he's clearly distinguishing two realms of things. One is a seen realm, one is an unseen realm. We discover that it is the unseen realm of things that is totally responsible for the seen realm of things. So every event, circumstance, situation in your life is the result of an unseen force. 
He says, we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are unseen. He's saying, we don't spend our time being preoccupied with seeing things. We, we believers, we don't spend our time focusing and being, being overwhelmed and, and filled with anxiety and care about all the things that are going on that we can see, all the manifested things around us. That's not where the power is. He says, we look at the unseen. And because the scene, all that stuff going on in your life is temporal. But the word in your heart is eternal. And eternal, not in the sense of eternity, going to heaven when you die, that's eternity. But when you speak the word of God, you are acting eternally. You are acting out of an eternal realm. You're operating out of a higher place. Your, your troubles are on a lower place. Your, your challenges are on the lower realm, but your, but, but your words come out of a higher realm. Are y'all with me? So he says, stop being preoccupied with the trouble. Be preoccupied with the word. Get up into the unseen. Get into the eternal realm. And then instead of you running around trying to handle natural problems naturally, you come up into the eternal realm and manage them eternally from the higher place. Things are a result of your words. All right, let's look at, let's look at a couple examples. Let's take, for example, you go to work just as happy as you can be, and you get there and get settled and everything, and you get called into the office by your boss. He proceeds to tell you that the company is struggling and that we're gonna to have to back off of our, our, our manpower, and you know, and you happen to be one of them, that we're gonna to have to let go. And then he slides that little sheet of paper across the desk for you to sign. Now you hear how quiet it is right now? <laughs> but listen, at that moment, that is such a pivotal moment. Because you've been confessing the word of God, I'm blessed, highly favored. I'm above only, not beneath. I'm the head and not the tail. And then you go to work and here's, here's, you, get, you get slammed with this situation here. Just as quiet as you were a minute ago, that's how quiet hell becomes. Hell comes to a hush because they know their success in your life depends on what comes out of your mouth at the point of that situation. So they're sitting on edge, waiting, equipped, ready to go. If you give them the words that they need to facilitate more adversity in your life. But just as quiet as hell is, heaven is quiet. Because there's another force 
called angels and they're waiting on your words. Come on, give the Lord praise. If you will empower the angels, then they are ready. They are packed up. They are ready to go to make sure that your decree comes to pass. Hallelujah. Now, what you're dealing with at that moment, you're dealing with, you're dealing with both realms at the same time. Because in your flesh, you're dealing with all the emotions that come with that decision. But your spirit is like, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> Don't fail me now. <laughs> just, just say the right thing, just say the right thing. This is where you literally have to divide how you feel from what you're going to say. And so in that temporal place of you, in your temporal world, you're feeling the anxiety, the stress, the worry, the fear, apprehension. But in that eternal realm of you, you say, okay, I am above only. I mean, listen, right there at the desk if you have to. Is, do you, you have anything you'd like to say? Yes. <laughs> I am above only and not below, not beneath. I am the head and not the tail. They say, uh, excuse me? So you, you, gotta, you gotta stay there. And, and then you have to leave that office with a determination in agreement to your decree, I'm fixing to give the biggest and the best offering Gift, I'm gonna find somebody today. I'm gonna go get something from the house, make it the best of what I have, and I'm gonna sow it into somebody's life today because the devil is a liar. I'm gonna, I'm gonna decree my way out of this. I'm gonna give my way out of this. Well, let's say you, you've, you've been dealing with a troubled marriage. Now the Bible says, you shall decree a thing and it shall be established unto you. Now, now, that means that you speak to it, not him. If you have enjoyed this time with Dr. Thomas, visit us online at normanthomas.org for more extended versions of these teachings. You may also learn where Dr. Thomas will be speaking at a location near you. Until next time, keep walking by faith.